From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is CRN. Hello, and welcome to the Kirshner Files. To episode 25 of the Kirshner Files. I am your host. Oh, we are in the middle of week 162 of the illegitimate, fraudulently elected Ding Dong's tyrannical reign. And we have 257 days until the next presidential election. Gold uh, spot prices are currently at $2,028.39. And silver has busted out of the $22 range that it had been stuck in for uh, some time. It is now $23.06 for an ounce of silver. So there's that. Uh, I got an interesting show. Not interesting, but, you know... Um, well, it's interesting, but <laughs> I'm just bagging on my own show. No, uh, I, I've got to, winter's coming to a close and, uh, we have, my wife and I were, you've been following along for years. And so, you know, we're now empty nesters. We got one kid getting ready to graduate from college. Uh, one kid is uh, looking like she's going to graduate a year early, so that's great for me. But uh, we, for some reason, we took on some some pretty good sized winter projects, and I had told you guys about it before. I said I was going to build one of those uh, uh, storage bin rack things that are, were so prevalent all over social media and the internet for a while there, and and. I finally finished building that, and uh, I wound up with uh, two times more bins than I thought I was going to because all of my measurements were based off of a specific bin. And then a friend of mine sent me a link, said, hey, those bins are, you know, 4 or $5 cheaper per bin at Sam's Club. So I bought them there, and it changed the dimensions a little bit. <laughs> so instead of having what I thought was going to be nine bins, I wound up with uh, 18. So, <laughs> and I had just enough room to, uh, incorporate some shallower bins. So I have, it, it's five big bins tall plus a shallow bin. So I, I wound up being able to move a lot of stuff and I actually have some empty bins. So I'm happy about that. Um, I did an inventory of my long-term food prep because I had been purchasing a lot, a lot more of that more most most recently. So I added that into my inventory, and uh, I, I have a, a a goal in mind, and uh, I'm I'm I've surpassed that goal. So I don't want to get into any details, but 
doing okay. Um, what else? Oh, my wife took on the uh, project of uh, repainting our foyer, our stairwell, and our upstairs hallway, and and she was under the foolish impression that I was going to help her with that endeavor after we had already spent two and a half weeks redoing her mother's uh, basement. So uh, I was all painted out, and I was finishing the big project of the storage bins and getting everything transferred over. So I was no help to her. Uh, so <laughs> needless to say, uh, last weekend was a president's weekend and we, you know, we had the big push to get these projects done because winter's coming to a close and I'm getting antsy to go outside. Uh, so I wanted to talk today about some of these things, um, about plants, about seeds, about soil pH. Um, and about uh, potential money-making opportunities in affiliate marketing. So um, let's get into uh, where we are with the uh, Survival Realty. And, uh, oh, by the way, because it was President's Day weekend, I normally record the Kirshner Files on Monday because that's usually my lightest work day. And I record it during my lunch break. But my wife was here, <laughs> right outside my office, rolling and painting and trimming and and so uh, I'm actually recording this day of in the morning before I have to go downtown to go to work and the sun uh, my office faces east and so I'm I'm watching the you know civil twilight I'm watching waiting for the sun to peek over the horizon over here so uh, it's early morning for me uh, I'm not much of a morning person but I've, I've decided to try and go to bed a little bit earlier and uh, go to bed when my wife goes to bed, which is which is difficult for me because last night she went to bed like 9.30 and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not ready for that. So uh, I, I piddled around. Uh, I wrote in a, wrote a, a good bit in a, in a chapter in my, my latest book, um, which is still being tentatively titled as Borderless. I had a weird dream last night. Uh, it was very dystopian in nature. Uh, it was like in in this dream, and I don't put much stock in dreams, but this was weird. And I, when I woke up, I was like trying to shake it off. I was like, oh, what was that? And, and basically... All of the politicians and all of the elites were were suddenly gone. They just vanished, and and people were just kind of milling about and wandering around. And if you were, if you happened to find yourself in a foreign country, uh, you you were returned to your country of origin. Um, there was no violence per se. Uh, you were just deposited back. At, in your country, like you had taken, you know, a, a, a slow boat ride and there was a fog and a mist everywhere and it was really surreal and it was really out of ordinary for me, but I don't know why, I just thought I'd share that with you, that, you know, Dave's having dreams of the apocalypse. <laughs> well, not the apocalypse, but, you know, it was, it was weird and, and, I, and I can't explain it, I've never had a dream like that before. Um, you know, everybody's just kind of milling about. There 
I don't know. Maybe I woke up before the violence started. I don't know. But uh, uh, I don't know what's going on with Survival Realty, but I did not get an email again. And um, so I've just gone to their website, and uh, it's survivalrealty.com. They have uh, on their website, they've listed three featured properties. One is a 55-acre cabin farm ranch in uh, they're calling it the Cumberland Mountain property. It's in Speedwell, Tennessee. It's 55 acres and it's $750,000. Then we have one in Lorona, West Virginia. It's seven and a half acres and basically somebody is selling their Airbnb. It's the Bent Mountaintop Ledge Inn. So if you want to open up a, a, a B&B or, or uh, have an Airbnb and, and rent it out. There's something for you. That's $695,000. And then the one that always gets me the most intrigued is it's 24 and a half acres. It's a bunker and it's a former Atlas E missile base. It's in Sprague, Washington. I don't necessarily want to go anywhere near the West Coast, but anyway, that's, that's what they got. Uh, as for their newest listings, they've got six of them. Try and run through them kind of quick. Uh, we've got a 112-acre bug-out farm in Old Fort, North Carolina for $1.4 million. We've got a unique mountain retreat in Tachachapi, California. It's 20 acres for $1.3 million. And we've got a 17.99, so call it an 18-acre retreat private and remote mountain retreat in Robbinsville, North Carolina. That's $299,800. That, that sounds like a great price. And it comes with some buildings. Looks like three bedroom, two bath, 1,100 square feet. Uh, it's a rural home. Then we have a uh, tranquil Iowa farmhouse on 19 and a half acres. Four bedroom, three bath, 5,000 square feet, $625,000. Then we've got the defensible home again in uh, Kirkland, Arizona. It's on 34.8 acres, uh, three bedroom, two bath, 1,957 square feet for $675,000. And we also have a custom log home in Chico, California on 15 acres. And it's four bedroom, two and a half bath, 4,200 square feet for a cool million dollars. Woo-wee. That's pricey. All right. And now uh, we are going to change gears and go to gun shows. Uh, we're going to be covering the Midwest today. That's Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota. I've revamped the gun shows page. So when you click a link, it opens up a new tab instead of navigating you off the page outright. Uh, and I went and looked up some better region uh, identifiers and better region breakdowns. So we've got New England, the Mideast, uh, and the Southeast. The Southeast has got a ton of states, and it pretty much goes from Virginia and West Virginia all the way down into Louisiana. It just goes straight down the eastern seaboard. But it also picks up Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, so that's, I, that's the best I could do with that. And then we got the Midwest, like I just said, the Great Lakes, we is a separate region now, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, 
the southwest is still Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, but we broke up the west coast a little bit, so now we have the Rocky Mountain states. So that's Idaho and Montana, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming. And then we've got the west coast, which is traditional west coast. Uh, Alaska, uh, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, California, Hawaii. So today we're going into the Midwest. So let's get kicking. Um, let's go to Iowa. We've got uh, one, two, three, four of four of them this weekend in Iowa. Uh, we have the first one here is at the Mid America Center in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Then we've got the Winnesheek. County Fairgrounds in Decorah, Iowa. We've got one at the Webster County Fairgrounds in Fort Dodge. And then we have one in the Alta Vista Hall in Alta Vista, Iowa. So there's four this weekend in Iowa. Kansas has two. And uh, we have one at the Finney County Fairgrounds in Garden City, Kansas. And then the Saline County Livestock and Expo Center in Salina, Kansas. All right, that's Kansas. There's two there. Minnesota. Minnesota actually has two. People are coming out of the coming out of the snow up there. Um, first one is at the AAD Shriners in Hermantown, Minnesota, and the other one's at the National Guard Armory in St. Cloud, Missouri. Ooh, what do we got in Missouri? We've got one, two, three, four in Missouri. One is at the O'Bannon Community Building in Buffalo, Missouri. The other is Elks Lodge in Blue Springs, Missouri. Cooper County Fairgrounds in Boonville, Missouri. And the Civic Arena in St. Joseph, Missouri. Dumping over into Nebraska. Nebraska doesn't have any gun shows until uh, the second weekend in March. North Dakota's got one this weekend at the Grand Williston Hotel and Conference Center in Williston, North Dakota. And South Dakota doesn't have anything until the first weekend in March. So that covers your Midwest gun shows. All right, let's get into some of these topics now. Um, so like I said, we... We did a, a number of big projects this winter, and not all of them were in our home. Uh, I, I, my wife and I redid my, my mother-in-law's basement. They were getting ready to put in some new carpet, and the previous homeowners had been a bunch of DIY lunatics who fashioned themselves to be electricians and plumbers and telecom it just the, the craziness that I see in the walls of that house it, it just baffles me and and the house was built in 1921 so the house is over 100 years old now the original owner was a photographer when photography started becoming very very popular turn of the century and he married a little southern belle so the story goes and uh it, it's a basically it's a double lot nowadays is what they would call it uh, in our suburb and uh, the house he built for this Southern Bell uh, kind of resembles a plantation home big columns and you know the slate roof and 
a lot of a lot of windows for breezes because when the house was built, obviously, you know, this area wasn't very developed. Not a lot of electricity options. Um, you know, ceiling fans hadn't really been invented yet per se uh, to run on electrical current. Uh, they had all kinds of pulley systems and stuff, but that that wasn't installed in this house. But anyway, I'm giving you a historical perspective for the time frame. Um, so a lot of windows for a lot of airflow. Um, the only thing that they didn't do that is they didn't put on a proper first and second story porch uh, that you would traditionally see in a plantation home, at least where I grew up down in, in North and South Carolina and Northern Virginia. Um, anyway, uh, the, the previous homeowners had put a number of holes in the wall. They had a bunch of very rambunctious partying children who managed to put holes in walls and and then they tried to run electrical wiring so they wound up punching holes in between all of the floor joists for the first floor it just i i think i i went through you know i bought a, a little tub of of spackle and i thought do you know do 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 go over there spackle spackle sand sand oh not too good but spackle again sand sand you know prime paint the whole bit i wound up going through a tub and a half of spackle there were so many holes in the wall it was just it was pinholes it was from dartboards it was from rambunctious teens it was all kinds of weird you just like were like i'm i'm running out of spackle <laughs> this is crazy um you know just track lighting used to be in there so we had to fix a bunch of this it was just a mess and uh so that took us two and a half weeks and we did that while they were at their their little vacation house out there in Sedona for the better part of January. Um, it did some work for my wife's stepmother. Uh, she had some, I don't know, some light bulb compatibility issues. She wanted some more wire racks in her, uh, in her master closet. And, you know, it just went over there and piddled around. Basically it looked like a punch out list really. Um, and then in our house, like I said, we built the big, you know storage bin rack and, uh, and and we did some painting here in our house and I will tell you one thing uh, paint oh my I don't know what's going on with the supply chain in the paint industry but I don't remember a can of ceiling white costing me $55 that was insane and then the wall paint wasn't any better even if you drop down to the cheapest brand that they sell, we have a local hardware store that sells Benjamin Moore. We've got Sherwin-Williams down the road. And it, and it didn't matter where you went. You were going to get gouged for a can of paint. It didn't matter if it was just plain old ceiling white or if it was a primer, if it was... Uh, the you know the wall color it was crazy town what they were charging for some of these prices and even if you got the cheapest brand that they had it only saved you four dollars so you might as well go with the good stuff for the extra extra couple bucks it, it was insane but we got all those projects finished and I tell you all of that because now I'm turning my eye to the outside and I'm looking at the weather patterns and uh, we had a freak snowstorm last week. They they literally said we were going to get an inch. We wound up with six to seven inches of snow, uh, and then a few days later we get temperatures in the in the 40s and 50s, and they're still 
you know, some a smattering of snow left on the ground, but by and large, it's all gone. And and maybe that's why I had the dream about the fog, fog and the mist, because it, it got so warm and the snow was melting that it put a lot of fog out, but I don't know. It's crazy dreams. But uh, I did some some digging around. And, the, and so this show is going to be pretty much the gardening show. And, you know, a lot of the people that are listening to, the, to these shows, my two shows in general, um, you know, I, I have to take a leap of faith that, that most of you are, are gardening. Uh, you've got something on your land where you are growing your own produce and you're making sure that it's heirloom, non-GMO plants and seeds. And so, um, the first thing that I want to talk about was, uh, there was an update by the USDA to the cold hardiness zones. They weren't, these weren't wholesale changes. You know, I'm not, I'm not suddenly in, in, in zone, you know, five. Uh, I'm I'm still squarely ensconced in 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 zones six uh, A and six B, depending on how how I zoom in on the map. But uh, you can go to planthardiness.ars.usda.gov, and you can get a look at this map. It's basically a, a GIS map that well I call it GIS, but it's basically a map that has all of the cold hardiness zones. Uh, with the new update, so you can go in, you can punch in your zip code, or you can just zoom in on your state. Uh, like I said, these aren't drastic wholesale changes, uh, but there are some nuanced changes. My guess is they made updates because of climate change. Um, so who, who knows? I mean, Puerto Rico, I don't think they're going to change Puerto Rico. It's still pretty much uh, <laughs> zone uh, 12. And it could be 12A, 12B, 13A, you know. Hawaii is pretty much going to be the same, and their color code looks like 9B, 10A, 10B, something like that. Alaska, it's still purple. It's still cold. <laughs> so uh, go check that out. See if your cold hardiness zone changed. It's not going to be anything drastic, like I said. I mean, these are going to be small degree changes and, and basically what happened was they changed the temperature range for your region uh, in terms of, of how negative it can go uh, so for example I'm in uh, 6a and 6b so uh, it, and it really depends because of the contour of the land uh, altitudes things like that come into play and for me and basically calling it zone six, uh, I can go uh, from basically zero to negative 10. If I'm looking at 6A and 6B, I can go from zero degrees Fahrenheit to negative 10 degrees on occasion. And it happens. It Not every, I don't, well, no, I take that back because we had a stretch of about 10 to 14 days where we never went above freezing. We never went above 32 degrees. Um, we had a couple days where we were in the teens and uh, you count wind chills. Yeah, we got down to negative five. We got down to negative digits. So, I mean, it's accurate. If you prefer Celsius, they still have Celsius on the map. That'll be, let's see, we get to negative 23.3 uh, degrees Celsius. And we get to potentially negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. So, 
Anyway, go take a look at that map. Like I said, it's planthardiness. It's all one word. Planthardiness.ars.usda.gov. If you want to go look at the map. Uh, my show notes, I'll put links in there. Um, but basically, on uh, November 15th of 2023, the USDA unveils updated plant hardiness zone map. If you want to go read about it. Um, basically, the 2023 map, the updated map, is based on 30-year averages of the lowest annual winter temperatures at specific locations, is divided into 10-degree Fahrenheit zones, and further divided into 5-degree Fahrenheit half zones. Like the 2012 map, the 2023 web version offers a geographic information system, GIS. Hey, I wasn't wrong! based interactive format and is specifically designed to be user-friendly. Notably, the 2023 map delivers the users several new significant features and advances. The 2023 map incorporates data from 13,412 weather stations compared to the 7,983 that were used for the 2012 map. So they've more or less doubled the number of weather stations, so they give you more accurate information. So there you go. Uh, like I said, links will be in the show notes. All right, so let's start with your soil. Um, I've, I found a, a fun little video. I'm not going to play it for you. I, I took notes. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't know my soil pH. Well, you can do it at home. You don't have to go dig up some soil and send it off and wait weeks for a reply and whatever. There's a simple test that you can do. At least that's what this gentleman is espousing. And what he has said is basically you take a cup of dirt and you add half a cup of vinegar. If it bubbles, your soil is alkaline. If it does not, go get another cup of dirt, add half a cup of water and half a cup of baking soda. If it bubbles, it's acidic. If it doesn't do anything, it's neutral. But... If you find that your soil is acidic, you can bring your pH closer to neutral by adding wood ash and lime. If it is alkaline, you can add sulfur or pine needles. That's what he said. So there's that. There's your soil, a little DIY soil pH test for you. Then, once you've fixed your soil, now you need to talk about your seeds. And I found another video, and, and it was... I, I should never read the comments, but I do. Uh, and so some people are just bagging on this lady. But anyway, uh, it was uh, a little video, and it was about, uh, it, it named the six seed companies that are not owned by Monsanto. And I'm just going to read you the names. Uh, they are Johnny's Select Seeds, Mary's Heirloom Seeds, Territorial Seed Company, M.I. Gardener, uh, seed Savers Exchange, and Urban, Urban Farmer Seeds. But I have a little uh, folder on my, on my browser here where I have purchased seeds. Uh, I like the Survival Seed Vault from My Patriot Supply. That's something you can consider. It gives you uh, a nice variety of, of a whole host of different vegetables. Everything from cold weather crops and root crops, uh, you know, turnips and carrots and stuff, to tomatoes and peppers and 
and uh, some some uh, some herbs as well, I believe. But I, I I think so. Yeah, I think there's at least basil in there. Uh, then there's high mowing organic seeds. That's uh, their websites high mowing high mowing Then you've got Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, and their website is not Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company. It's actually rareseeds.com. Um, and then uh, I have found uh, non-GMO and heirloom um, uh, seeds and plants at Burpee. So that's something that you can look for. Stark Brothers is another good place for plants. I like to get my uh, berry bushes and berry plants there. Um, they, they also have a nice variety of, of um, fruit trees and nut trees as well. So if you're into the idea of maybe making an orchard this year, uh, I would highly recommend Stark Brothers. They got all kinds of growing and planting guides and care and maintenance and the whole gambit. So I would definitely try out Stark Brothers. Uh, that website is phenomenal for just learning about the, the things that you want to do. I mean, I have a vision in my head that when I can get my land, um, a lot of my fruit trees are going to be of the dwarf variety. Uh, that's simply for uh, ease of, of harvest and maintenance. Um, with the nut trees, you're kind of out of luck because those things are massive. And you need to know that, hey, you're going to plant a, a chestnut tree? Well, guess what? That, that son of a gun gets about 75 feet tall. And it has a canopy that's about the same. I mean, it is enormous. So you don't want to be planting anything underneath that because once it matures, you're screwed. So you need to pay attention to how big these trees are going to get. That's why for the fruit trees, at least for me, I'm looking at the dwarf variety. Uh, and then... In terms of other seeds, you got the heirloom seed and organic seeds, uh, and that one is called sustainableseedco.com. You can go there. Um, and then the last one here I have is Annie's Heirloom Seeds, and that's literally the website, annie'sheirloomseeds.com. And it's all plurals, except for heirloom. Annie's heirloomseeds.com. All right, so we've covered soil, and we've covered uh, uh, seeds and, and plants and trees. So that should get you a good starting point. Um, let's see. And then lastly, because this is a show that deals with preparedness and self-sufficiency, I, I kind of feel obligated to point out ways and methods to generate income and one of the things that uh, I have been looking at and the Contra Radio Network has also done is, is they went out and found sponsors um, I had a, a, a two-week uh, what do they call that it's a furlough from my previous um, contract during the winter months uh, not this most recent year, but last year, so the end of 2022. And I used that time to do a whole bunch of research on affiliate marketing for the Contra Radio Network. And it can be anything that you enjoy. Uh, it, it, it could be fishing supplies, fishing gear, uh, poles, tackle, waders, 
you know, uh, anything dealing with fishing, salt water versus um, uh, trout streams, you know, you can do whatever you want there. You can go find companies that you like, that you have a history with, and go to their website. And down in the footer, there's usually links for affiliates. Become an affiliate is a lot of... Uh, is a link usually down there. Um, uh, we, you know, the Contra Radio Network had a sponsor in Augusta Precious Metals for, uh, what was it, August, September, and October, uh, where, where Contra Radio Network was paid by Augusta Precious Metals to place ads in our shows. And so we did. I mean, we got paid to do it. So why wouldn't you? I mean, that's... You're, we're, we're looking at ways of earning money while not, you know, what's the word, uh, compromising on our lifestyle, on our beliefs, and, and Augusta Precious Metals and other precious metal companies fulfill that niche. Um, but when it comes to affiliate marketing, you can do all kinds of stuff. I... I I honestly, I should be an affiliate of my Patriot Supply because I talk about them so much and I use their stuff so much. I buy a lot of their their products. Uh, but there are other uh, things that I've looked into. During my hiatus, I was looking for stuff for uh, the Contra Radio Network. And, and you know, I have my own webpage. Uh, John Jeffers has one for the Contra Radio Network. And I mean, I just started looking for things that that were of interest to me, like Minutemen Coffee, Berkey Filters, uh, Stark Brothers, um, My Patriot Supply, Northern Tool. Uh, there's all kinds of things. Um, uh, all the various seed companies that I just rattled off in the previous segment. Uh, we got Pro One Water Filters. Um, I started uh, purchasing Boss Shot Shells. Um, there's all, there's all kinds of things in here. Backwoods Home Magazine. It, it doesn't have to be a product. It, it, it could be a publication like a Backwoods Home. Um, I also started looking at and trying to get in, in, in touch with um, two companies that deal with uh, hydroponics in uh, Amhydro and Crop King. So there's all kinds of options out there. The reason I bring it up is because... I was scrolling through social media um, in one of my one of taking one of my breaks from <laughs> building the the storage bin rack this weekend, and I came across one where a young lady had um, uh, she put out a, a little post and said, "Hey, um, you can earn extra money being uh, an affiliate." For some of these, uh, some of these gun companies. So if you're if you're into firearms and you have some of these brand firearms, you can look at becoming an affiliate sponsor of them and 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 earn extra money for whatever sales or clicks, depending on how they've got their affiliate program structured. Sometimes you get paid on the click. Sometimes you get paid on the on the sale. It's another way to make extra money, but you have to approach it like a business. And, and be out there doing things to promote said business. So some of the gun uh, manufacturers that this young lady is, is out doing affiliate marketing for are 
Guns.com, Rock Your Glock, Primary Arms, Brownells, Gorilla Ammo, Palmetto State Armory, Stag Arms, Fax and Firearms, Smith and Wesson, and Gritter Sports. So those were some of the ones that she's doing affiliate marketing for. She's earning extra income, and according to her post, her affiliate income has allowed her to not have to have that second job. She's using this as her second job and replaced that uh, that income. She doesn't say what she was doing. Uh, based on the image that I can see, she's looks like she's late 20s, early 30s. Looks like she's got kids, given the artwork and the magnets on the fridge and some of the stools and what I see in her kitchen. Um, this is how she's earning extra money. And you could do the same thing. And just doing a little bit of research. I did, uh, let's see, to generate this, this file, I, I went to another website to get ideas. I literally went to uh, James Wesley Rawls's uh, survival blog website and because he does a lot of affiliate marketing. And he literally has a link in his, in his menu called Affiliates. But if you simply scroll down his homepage, he's got all kinds of ads and things that he does on his website, which, frankly, I should be doing. But I'm not because of my day job. So this is his job. This is the Survival Blog website is what he does. And I can see he's got an ad here from, from Brownells. And, and you can look at his website and, and go see, you know, why advertise with us. So some of these are advertisements, and but he has a whole page of just affiliates. And I can go in here and I can say, okay, he's got Appalachian Outdoors, Air Gun Depot, uh, Aero Precision. We've got uh, AR-50 Armor Plate Carriers. We've got ATN Thor 4 Series Ballistic Calculator Scopes. He's got Brownells. He's got Black Ovis. And they're on alphabetical order. He's got crossbreed holsters, um, facts and firearms, uh, gorilla ammunition, hydro blue water filtration. So you get the idea, right? I'm literally going to build a page like this and just, I can't call it affiliates yet because the links won't do me any good. It won't earn me any money. But these are, these are companies that I would work with that I have their products, that I've tested their products, I use their products, I buy their products, and I endorse them because they're good quality products. For me, I've always wanted to start a business that is a, a basically it's a, a backpacker and, and kind of more, I would market it as a backpacker's tent uh, product line. Um, I remember as a kid, going camping in the Boy Scouts and remembering I had to pack a tent and a tarp. And I remember being at Camp Goshen in Northern Virginia uh, as, a, as a, a middle schooler and a teenager. And I remember thinking, because it rained one day and it just rained hard. And I had my little, my tarp all folded up underneath my tent and my tent was sitting on it perfectly and everything still got wet because we got so much rain and it drove me crazy and even as a, a, a 13 year old, a 12 year old, I came up with the idea and I said, you know, wouldn't it be great if they made a tent where the bottom foot on all sides plus the actual floor was made out of tarp material 
So we wouldn't have to carry an extra tarp in our pack when we're on these five, six, seven mile hikes in Boy Scouts. I would love to start a company that made tents like that, lightweight, one man, two man, uh, four man tents, if, if I wanted to get that big, but I, I would market it as uh, for backpackers. I know that they make tents like that now, but what they don't do is make those tents in muted drab colors like browns and greens because the last thing I want to do is be saddled with the scenario of being out and on foot trying to get someplace and I find a nice little place off the off the road for me to go pitch a tent with my wife to get to point A or point B or point C or wherever it is I'm trying to go and I've got a tent that's got red and orange and blue. I, I don't want a tent that is so out of the color scheme for my environment. So I want to make tents that are uh, more, you know, camouflage looking, not camo schemes on the, the, on the fabric, but the fabric itself is an olive drab. It's a tan. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a gray it's it's something other than these bright and vibrant colors like oranges and reds and and you know bright greens and blues and and these things are going to get spotted from a mile away and I don't want to be put in that predicament so that was my business venture idea I have absolutely no idea how to pull it off but I would love to do it so that's my that's that's my idea so, <laughs> I don't know why I even brought it up. But, anyway, today this, this show is the gardening show. Um, I gave you a bunch of information on, on soil pH, cold hardiness zones, uh, seed companies. Uh, winter is, is, you can see the sunlight on my face now. The sun is officially above uh, some of the buildings over there now. Um, which means it's time for me to go to work. <laughs> okay. Um, but we'll be back this weekend. Uh, we've got an, another episode of uh, the lightning round, and um, I actually, I'm you know, as I get closer and closer to episode 200, I, I think I'm going to do a giveaway uh, for listeners. I, I'm not sure what it is going to be yet. Um, I, I, you know what? It, it like I've been throwing out. The, it's going to be something with my book. So um, I don't know. Like the first five people to email me on uh when show 200 comes out uh i'll send you a copy of of all of my books i, I don't know i'll probably do something like that i don't know i'll think of something anyway i uh, hope you enjoyed the show hope you found it uh enlightening you found some good information and um we will talk again this weekend and uh, another crazy week in current events I'm sure it's only Wednesday and I've got a whole litany list of articles and, and videos and things of uh, just blatant corruption. And how is this idiot still our president? I, I, I don't understand it. I think, I think honestly, the, the special counsel's uh, report literally gave the Democrats an out to not charge this idiot, this potato, this human Roomba uh, with any kind of crimes, either dealing with 
the documents in his Delaware garage, or the 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 flat out corruption and treasonous behavior by him and his family in a in a money grab from the time when he was vice president all the way through current day. That special counsel's report gave the Democrats an out by saying he's too old, too frail, too feeble, too much of a cognitive decline uh, for us to really, in good conscience, uh, charge him with anything. So we're going to let him finish out his term and uh, ride off into the sunset with some grace and dignity. Uh, it's just, it's it's crazy town. So I, I, I think that's where this weekend show's headed, but... Who knows what's going to happen in the next two days before I get a chance to record it. So we'll see what happens. All right. We'll talk to you then. So be good. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor.